This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, the Phillies will look to avoid doing something tonight. They haven't done all season long, and that is dropping three consecutive series. But they'll have some work to do in order to win this series. They'll have to win the final two games against the first place Baltimore Orioles, and it all begins tonight here in South Philadelphia. Hi again, everyone. Welcome into Phillies on Deck. I'm Greg Murphy. Happy to be here with you tonight. And uh, before we get into tonight's game and preview this game, too, between the Baltimore Orioles and the Philadelphia Phillies, it's Tuesday night, so we are happy to welcome in the president of baseball operations for the Philadelphia Phillies, Dave Dombrowski, who joins us now. And, uh, well, whatever are we going to talk about, Dave, as we are exactly, exactly one week away from the trade deadline. It is. So, yeah, the yeah. weather is great if yes. that's what you really want to talk about. The so weather is it. great, it and is. that's great news as well. But uh, I know people uh, this time of the year, uh, they get really excited about uh, what might happen uh, in the next seven days. And, and I kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit, a uh, uh, big picture you know, once a team decides, okay, we're in, we're going to be buyers, hopefully be buyers at the trade deadline because it obviously takes two to do that. But uh, once you've made that decision, and I think the Phillies have probably made that decision a couple weeks back for sure, how does the process work to begin with? Are you on the phone every day? Are you calling folks? Are they calling you? How does that work? Well, it's a great question, and probably various organizations, depending upon their personnel, may handle things a little differently. But all in all, uh, we go about it a couple ways. One is our scouting, professional scouting director, Mike Ondo, works very closely with our professional scouts. And they are out there looking at clubs and looking at players and trying to get information. In some cases, there are specific recommendations, like we want you to look at this pitcher or we want you to look at this positional player. In some cases, they may just be covering a general series. But while they're out there, they're also trying to acquire as much information from other scouts who they're looking to acquire, who else might be at those games watching uh, that specific player. And and sometimes that's misleading because nowadays you can also watch games on television. Right, Everything's on television. In addition to that, we have people in our front office, myself, uh, Sam Fold, uh, Jorge Valandia, uh, Ani Colombi, uh, Ned Rice. We're all talking to various clubs, taking phone calls, making phone calls to just find out exactly where clubs stand. So are they in a position where um, they're looking to make a move now to move players, to acquire players? What may they be looking for? Um, some of them haven't made a decision. Right. So you also want to be in a position, well, hey, we're going to wait to the the very end to do this. So you're trying to gather all that type of information in preparation. Our profession, a group of individuals, so a couple of our professional scouts, Charlie Kerfell, Brad Sloan, some of our people that provide information analytically from the front office, uh, and those same individuals, and a Larry Boa, Charlie Manuel, they'll all be in town starting on Thursday, and we'll start meeting on Friday, and basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday till six o'clock. We'll be prepared to meet all day if necessary. Uh, a lot of times it's where you, you can just sit and look at yourself, so you got to be careful of doing that. Sure. So you uh, are in a position, though, you're there and available to meet whenever possible. And so um, that's what we'll basically be doing and gathering all that information, taking phone calls, making phone calls, and hopefully making our club better. 
you know, I, this might be a, a hard question to answer, but that process, it, it's so involved, and it, there's so much that goes into it and so many people contributing to it. Is it fun for you still? I mean, do, is, it, is it exciting? Is it invigorating kind of thing? Oh, sure. It's yeah. an enjoyable time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, but it's an it's a exciting time because you're looking to make your club better because after August 1st at 6 o'clock this year, that's the trading deadline, you cannot make any other moves outside yeah. your organization unless a player is released, and that doesn't happen very often. So this is it, and you're not only looking to make additions to your ball club, but you have to also be aware of you're going to make a trade, you've got to make it by that time. You don't necessarily want to lose a player on waivers for $50,000 if you can avoid doing that. You also have to be aware that um, the depth in your organization, where does that stand? So you're looking to cover some of that at this time. So, sure, it's very exciting, it's exhilarating, and you – um, I think everybody ends up getting into it a great deal, and there's a lot of different conversations that take place. And anytime you can make your club better, it's it's a fun time. All right, uh, let let's talk a little bit more specific about some things that are happening with the club that may affect the trade deadline. First and foremost. Uh, Bryce Harper out there at first base. I know you guys wanted to get a chance to see him. It's been a short um, or a small sample size, but certainly he's impressed. I would think. Uh, are you? Do you? Will you be comfortable at the the time of the trade deadline that you've seen enough of Bryce at first? Yes, I don't think decision? there's any question about yeah. that. He's shown that he can play first base. Um, I don't. I, doesn't surprise me too when I saw him work he worked very hard he's been doing it for a couple months he's also a very intelligent player he's instinctive he's also a great athlete very knowledgeable about the game yeah. I, I would think that his his biggest challenges at times will be little nuances of playing the position but he picks up the game so quickly and as a student that those are things he'll pick up I, I used the example of the bunt the other day in Cleveland when Quan bunted that ball between he and Stott and he went after it originally, but then went towards the bag. There's a lot of first basemen that continue to go towards the baseball, and then all of a sudden you're safe at first base. The runner is. So that's an instinctive type play that's based upon some knowledge. So I, I don't have any question he'll be able to do that. And his throwing arm, which does not bother him as far as throwing is concerned, and, and I mean if he had to throw 100 throws in a row, that might be one thing, but the amount that he has to throw from first base, all indications are from the doctors that he is healed and ready to do that. And he has a very good arm. So, um, in fact, I think he'll probably have one of the better arms in baseball from first yeah. base. So yeah. I feel very good about him good. playing first base. He looks good, and I've talked to him a little bit about it. And He's enjoying doing it. He's very into the game. And, again, he's worked hard at it, so you have to tip your cap. He and Bobby Dickerson has worked with him, our infield coach, and mm-hmm. who's outstanding. And so they've, uh, they've been able to be in a position where we can sit here and think, I do feel comfortable. Now, maybe he won't play it 60 games in a row because you're not looking to expose his body to that and his arm to that. But he'll play a lot of games, and he'll be in a position where we're counting him being our primary first baseman. All right. Uh, Christopher Sanchez in that uh, fifth starter's position certainly has done uh, everything he's been asked. Um, how much of uh, how much more information do you need to see to decide whether or not uh, starting rotation is something that that this team might be looking for? Well, Christopher Sanchez has been outstanding. He's really thrown the ball well. He's had eight starts too, and he just keeps mm-hmm. getting better out there. And he's in a position where actually, if you look at his numbers over those eight starts, which we've done, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. So he's not <laughs> just one of our better pitchers been thrown well here, but when you look at first pitch strikes, uh, be in a position to ball strike ratio I mean it's really it's been just tremendous so he looks very comfortable on the mound 
uh, he's perfected and he continues to work on it. He's only going to get better his changeup to go along with his fastball. And he's thrown strikes. Yeah. And, and he's not getting yeah. rattled out on the mound. So I don't think there's any question. Now, you always continue to use as much information as you possibly can. But I also don't want it to be where all of a sudden – Every pitcher is going to have a bad outing at some point. But we feel very good about him taking the ball and throwing well for us. Now, where you have to fit in is, okay, let's talk about our depth. And where does that fit in? Now, we do have Bailey Falter, who's thrown the ball much better down at AAA again. Um, we have Nick Nelson down there and a couple of the young guys, the guys like Griff McGarry and, and Mick Abel, they're starting to throw the ball where, okay, they're getting closer and closer. So we may be deeper than most organizations, but you're never deep enough. Right. I don't care who you are because you never know what happens. But if you told me right now that our big four plus Sanchez stayed healthy, I'd be absolutely thrilled that our starting pitching's deep enough. Okay, and I wanted to ask you about uh, Johan Rojas because he has been um, a real spark for this team. He hasn't played a whole, whole lot, but when he has played, I think he has impressed. How do you know when a player, what's the difference maybe is a better question, uh, a young player coming up from AA, and you've seen guys like that over the years, sometimes the moment is too big for guys. It certainly doesn't look like it's too big for Johan Rojas. What do you think makes the difference in in terms of uh, certain players? Well, it's a great question, and I don't know that there's a specific, everybody's different. But I think first you start with a couple things. One, you start with ability. Yeah. And he has a bunch of ability. I mean, he's an outstanding defensive center fielder. He can run. Uh, he can. He swings the bat well. He's hit well this year. He makes contact, too. So he's a guy that can get on base even if he doesn't hit the ball real hard. At times he can get a little chopper and he's safe on first base. And he can be on second base for a double very quickly. The second thing you just talked about, I think, which is a very important, is um, how do they handle the moment? Yeah. And if some guys can handle the moment and some guys cannot. And I, and I go back and I've told the stories to our guys. Well, when I was in Boston in 2016 and 17, we had a couple of guys um, that we brought up from AA, Andrew Benintendi and Rafael Devers. And they both came right from AA. Yeah. They're very talented and they handled the moments. And I remember actually we got beat in 16 by Cleveland um, but and the Indians in the first round, the ALDS, the NLDS. And, um, at that time, I'm sorry, ALDS at that time. And I talked to Terry Francona afterwards, and he said, you know, the toughest guy for us to pitch to was Benintendi. How about that? And that's when yeah. we had Ortiz and Pedroia and, and all those guys. So sometimes young guys can surprise yeah. you, and that's why I, sometimes you go looking for different things, and the answer's right in front of your face. So well, he's done it. He did, had a great game yesterday, and you know he can go get the ball in the outfield. Yep. So uh, he's an exciting player, and it'll be interesting to see uh, – if we need to go outside the organization or decide to stay inside. All right. Before I let you go, I just want to ask you, and we're running out of time, but I, I, I wanted to ask you just about trade deadlines in general. You've been around a lot of them. Uh, any one particular trade that you made that stands out to you? Well, there's been a few, as <laughs> when you talk about as many years as this. But I, but I think I could easily tell one in, in 1997, we actually made two major acquisitions. Um, but one dear to the hearts of Philadelphia Philly fans uh, at that time was Darren Dalton. Yeah. And uh, Dutch, with our club coming over there, we needed a left-hand hitter. Uh, he played first base for a set time. He hit in the middle of the lineup. But he was a leader, and he knew how to win. And then we inquired Craig Council, who's now the, the right. Brewers manager, that was our second Another baseman, who came from the minor leagues, actually, yeah. from, from Colorado at that time. But those two guys and what Dutch brought to the clubhouse for us at that time – 
we don't win the World Series without Dutch Dahl being with us. So that's one that comes to mind uh, immediately for that's me. That's a pretty good one. I thought you might say that. <laughs> I thought you might say that. Dave Dombrowski, uh, I know I speak for all Phillies fans when I say good luck this week. Uh, and uh, hopefully when it's all said and done, this team is a better club as well and uh, headed that way back to the World Series. Thanks, Murph. Thanks for having me. Dave Dombrowski joining us here on the show. We'll take a quick break, but more to come. So stay with us on the Phillies Radio Network.